Hey bro, you wanna collab? Yo, it's time for another episode of Extra Reverb. It's me, World Famous Secret. Once again, I'm here with Luz Domino. Hello. And Sweet Tuesday, a.k.a. Coker. Yep. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, fellows, what <laughs> shall we talk about today? Well, Austin, we could talk about your new video. Wanna collab, bro? I just put out a video asking people what kind of videos I should make or really what kind of videos I should focus on because like I said in the video I don't want any of these kinds of videos to go away like any of the kind of videos that I make to go away I just want to know what people want to see more so I can do more of that yeah and you're gonna you're, you said in the video you're gonna cancel extra reverb for good it's going he away he did kind no, of say I, that series finale guys it. what gives okay I literally said the opposite of that but okay <laughs> It was implied. You're like, hey, uh, we're going to be canceling extra reverb because I hey hate guys, Jacob and Coker. Bye-bye. Okay, I got to give a shout out to the edit for that, though, because I was pretty proud of the edit that I put over the uh, I'm not going to ditch cake. Uh, I almost said Jacob and Joker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Joker. Okay, but yeah, um, I was pretty proud of the edit that I put over the part where I said I'm not going to ditch Jacob and Coker because it was a. Uh, it was an Among Us. It was a reference to the wacky game Fortnite. Tell us how long that took you to make. Two hours. That edit least. alone, keep in mind. All the stars all the stars were what took it. Because I had to make... Nobody has a template of like the background of that. So I had to build it out of periods. They're all periods. Austin. And I had to animate them separately. Austin, could you just without context put my profile picture on the screen? Thank you. Thank you, oh. Austin. It, this is for future Austin, who's editing the video. You future get, Austin, you yeah. stop now. There's no, the cow is no longer funny. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, um, if you guys have any other, if you guys somehow missed that video, you can also comment here what kind of videos you liked seeing the most from me. How dare you miss because the videos? What the heck, guys? I was really hoping that would get some traction. Don't be, Watch, don't be Austin's going to hold a vote for this, and Extra Reverb's going to be like 1% of the vote. <laughs> 99%'s going to be Austin's live streams of him recording on the bottom of the ocean. If only. On the bottom of the ocean. No one can hear Reality what they is say. often disappointing. Funny story about Austin that song. Coker is disappointing. Funny story about that song. I sent a line, uh, like a vocal thing in for Jacob to do, and he got confused and thought I meant for him to harmonize with it. Yep. He should have so, specified. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Here, he never said that it was supposed to be a harmony, uh, you know, harmony, but, you know, the original I did do a harmony for instead of a lead, and he never it's mentioned, like, this is a lead, so give it your all. So it's kind of like, you know, I was like... I like candy, and, and then it's like out of nowhere you just hear <laughs> on the bottom of the ocean. No, I could hear what you say, and like he didn't tell me about that. But you know what? I think it came out okay. All you automatically become the main character from the hit animated movie Bop, or wait, Hop. I meant Hop. Bop's a different movie. Hop's the one with the rabbit. Um, who's Hob? 
I said hop. You don't stupid. remember that movie? That movie was good. That was a good movie. That and Fred the movie. What movie was it? Hop. It's about like the Easter Bunny. Oh, he's the drummer looks... in the band. He's played by, and he wants to go play the drums. He's the drummer in a band played by Russell Brand. Aren't you? Sh- no, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him in Blink One Eighty Two for a bit. <laughs> yeah, he was the main drummer on all the small things. <laughs> Very nice. Gotta mention Blink 182 every single episode. Every video. In the every video has gotta have Blink 182. Tom it's is the Coker's obligatory cousin, Blink 182 so, I mean, it's reference. Kinda like, it's kind of nice to give like a little family shout out to Coker's uh, cousin. Talking about, okay, talking about Fred, I made a tweet earlier today, and Austin can, or Jacob can back me up on this. I I was going through my iTunes. And I was looking to see the first album I ever bought. I'm going through my iTunes and I find the first album I ever bought. And it was it was Who's Ready to Party by Fred from 2010. The first album I ever bought. The gateway to my music career as it is now. And it was Who Wants to Party by Fred Figglehorn. And I ended up listening to it. And the first album, the first song on the album... I Want to Be a Celebrity is low-key a good song. Yeah, it's I agree. It's such a good song. It's, yeah, it really is. And it's always, it's only the, the only reason it's unknown is because it's by Fred. Yep. It charted. It went number 11 on the Billboard comedy charts. Big milestone for Fred Figglehorn. Nobody's going to remember that. No, it, was, it wasn't a big milestone. It was big gains. That's what it is. That's true. I'd be big careful and big, Fred and big heat. Like, I've, I've heard big some heat. controversial things about him. Uh, I've, I've heard he, like, he, mur- he like slaughters villages and stuff. If you don't like, uh, I want to be a celebrity. <laughs> Fred Figglehorn's like, the yeah! Zodiac. Fred just, Fred just, just, just slices the them all with killer. swords and katanas and, you know, he has an AR and all the good stuff. And he's like... Fred. And then the whole time he's like, I want to be, I want to be, be, I want to be your leader. I'm going to own you all. Dude, Jacob, he's the Zodiac killer. He has a deep, he has a deep voice when he does this too. He's like, I want to be a dictator. Yeah, Fred, no, Fred is the opposite. Fred has two polar opposites. His falsetto is when his voice goes really deep and his normal yeah. speaking voice is super high. Okay. That's, that's a known fact. All right, I got you. I got you. Anyways, um, anyways, I'm. But yeah, other than that, Austin's like I don't know what that was about, but okay. We're trying to trying to come up with ideas on this fine. What day is it? This fine Monday I, evening. It's probably not Monday. It's not it, evening it's for me, by the way. Technically, definitely. I'm actually still at work. Uh, this is I work from home three days a week, so I'm I'm on my work computer doing <laughs> stuff I need to do while I'm like recording this. But what I do want to talk about on a real note is I forget what it's called off the top of my head. I can't look at it. Uh, Austin sent us a link to a website. Uh, it's a mastering website. You know, like Lander, where you you send them their mix and they send you a louder piece of crap. Well, this is like that, but except <laughs> different. Except it's robots. Grief. Robots. You're not a fan of. You really roasted Lander there, dude. You want to back on that real, up? <laughs> no, on a real note, I actually never, I never used Lander's website for mastering. I've heard. I have not heard bad things. Maybe it's good and it's cheap from what I hear. Um, but this website is kind of completely different. Uh, do you want to explain, Austin, or do you want me to? You go ahead. You seem the most impressed by it. Okay, so this website, basically, you can send them your mix, 
And we'll do what they'll do is they'll actually have robots. I'm not kidding. Actual robots mix your music using an actual analog. I don't know if it's analog, but I'm pretty sure like an actual analog big mixer, like the like a mixing board, like the real thing. So basically, like you're sending it to a professional mixer to do the uh, mastering for you, except it's a robot doing it. And uh, you'll see on the website they have it's like it's like a metal arm that actually twists these knobs and do the adjustments it needs to do. It's uh, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, you can actually control the robot virtually. Am I? wrong on that i did not say anything about that I'd i hate surprised. to ask but what's the point at that point if you're already if you're controlling the robot why even because they've got the gear and you don't Mm-hmm. that's true i don't have this kind of gear so the robot does so it'll make it'll master it for me for a small fee of 19 dollars for one song or i believe it was like 65 dollars for it's 49 dollars it's 49 i'll, I'll verify that Forty nine dollars. Oh, yeah, it's a monthly for thing. Like Ten songs. It's, it's like a limited 60- amount of songs a month too, yeah. depending on what like uh, version you get. Robit, master my song for me. Okay, that'll be a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, the robots. Yeah, keep like- in mind, guys. Like mastering, in some cases, usually isn't that complicated of a process, assuming you know what you're doing. So <laughs> here's the challenge to say, I'm presets. going to do. Wait, are you are you talking, Coker? Sorry, Discord. I said dumb. I said it's the obligatory. It's the obligatory time for me to mention I use presets to master. I said master. I'm gonna say you master. use presets. We said this on the last episode, and we've said it on episodes before. I don't know why you forget it. You guys forget every time I say it, and you guys are like, "What?" You act like I listen to the words you say, Coker. Well, you clearly you don't. This is like the fifth time I've tried to speak. No, and I'm you're kidding. Just like, Co- 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 Look, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. Don't worry about it. Remember okay. what I ate for breakfast? Nothing. Uh, wow. I had cinnamon toast crunch now that I think about it. What, what I was going to say is I want to do a challenge. Not really a challenge, but I want to I do a challenge for you guys because I want you guys to be able to hear side by side what someone with a little bit of knowledge of mastering can do. Uh, over the robot with the actual gear. So I have a new single coming up soon. I mentioned this in the last episode. It's getting closer and closer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm you know, mix obviously, and then I'm going to master it myself. But then I'm also going to send a unmastered version to this robot for $19. Uh, so we could put it side by side and we could determine which, who did a better job. Uh, only problem with that is it's nineteen dollars a master. Then, like you know, doing CD Baby is gonna be like forty dollars to uh, put up the single. So <laughs> it's gonna be sixty dollars to put up one song. Well, well um, Jacob, I, which kind of sucks because if you if you get it on sale, you can upload an entire album on CD Baby for sixty bucks if it's on sale. True. So like for one single to be up for sixty bucks kind of sucks. But I'll do it for you guys. It'd be kind of cool. I, I definitely want to hear what this robot can do. Well, Jacob, I wish you luck, and yeah. Thank you. I thought you were going to wish me to die, but I appreciate that, Coker. Well, I wish that too, but that's not related to this. Wow. (laughs) All right, well. Wow. Wow. If it works out for him, I think I might do it too. Um, Something else, though, recently that Jacob discovered, something that is not so cool, is that somebody doesn't know how to use their blue microphone. (laughs) Okay, hang on. So before we started recording, Coker and I were just talking, waiting for Austin to plug in his microphone, because I guess that's a 20-minute endeavor for him. 
And I go on Twitter and I see YouTube, actual at YouTube, uh, tweet a video from a YouTuber. Uh, what was her name? Let me click right here. Uh, her name is... Uh, it took me to the tweet, not to the link. Renetta Flores, I believe? Renetta? <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm butchering I'm, that name. Uh, but so, but apparently wait, she, she hold posts... Up. I up? think... I'm pretty sure the R is pronounced like an H... Uh, like looks like she's speaking Spanish, so I'm yeah, not she, really sure. She they is, don't uh, pronounce she is, R's uh, like H's in Spanish, if though. If it was Portuguese, it R's would be... like D, like... Well, anyways, uh, this girl, she posted... Uh, she has 74,000 subs, by the way. Uh, this video has 73,000 views. Uh, she posted a Billie Eilish cover, I think. I, I can't read it. It's actually in Spanish. I, want, I wonder if I can... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a cover. It doesn't Uh, matter. Anyway, she did some kind of cover or like remake of a Billie Eilish song, right? But in the video, in the entire video, and in the thumbnail, you can see she has a blue bluebird, which is the same exact microphone I have and I use for my music, but she's using it wrong. She has it pointed the like 180 degrees away from her mouth. (laughs) It's it's like you you could have just how do you not notice like the. Like, the sound is going to sound terrible. Like, I'm surprised there's any sound at all. It always sounds like she's in the other side of her room. Dude, I think maybe she's dubbing over it. Like, maybe she's, like, dubbing over, like, for the video. and Maybe she sung correctly. But if she's doing that, I don't know why she's still using the mi- microphone incorrectly. Uh, or maybe she's using a different microphone to record, like, the camera microphone or, like, a shotgun mic. But why is the mic set up like that? Like, just just set it up correctly. Like... It's not like it's not like some like, you know, like deep knowledge music producer like, you know, secret recipe to have the microphone facing the right way. It's just common sense. Some people just don't know. Yeah, man. Like I don't mean to diss her because she sounds like a good singer and I'm not saying she's dumb or anything. I'm just saying like her is so wrong. Like how do you not notice? It's like how many times you see people with a blue yeti having the like pointed end Pointing right, towards trying their to mouth. use it like a top address, not a side address. But the reason I'll somewhat forgive that is because, like, someone who doesn't know, they're not going to hear hear a huge difference because at least the, it, the mic's still somewhat pointed towards them. This microphone's facing the complete opposite direction. I don't know how she gets any good sound out of that because there's there's no there's no capsule on the back of the microphone, so it's just you're not going to well, hear very much. Technically, technically, it still does pick up from the back. It's just Really weak compared to the pickup from the front. And the front is picking up room reflections, of course. I don't know. Like, I, I haven't listened to the whole song. Because, like, it's a cardioid pattern, so it's meant to reject from the sides, not from, not as much from the back, but it still does reject a lot from the back. Yeah. What's weird is the recording sounds good still. There's no way, like, it's actually being recorded from that mic or if it wasn't dubbed, because there's no way. It sounds normal. Sounds pretty thin to me. Maybe she knows what she's doing. Maybe it's some kind of trick she's doing. Maybe she's a genius. I don't know. <laughs> but just for my eyes, this makes no sense. And the thing is, her description, her title, every single comment on the video, I can't read it. It's in a different language. So I don't know if I'm... I don't know, you know? Jacob, that's where you have to use something called Google Translate, buddy. I can't Google Translate every comment on here, though. You can with the thing I use. Well, usually Google pops up with a page like, "Do you want to you translate can, you this can page?" Use Google, but it won't you do can it use Google Translate to translate a whole web page. What are you talking about? I don't know how to then. 
I think you gotta download the app, like the plugin for your web browser to do it. I'm gonna translate the description at least. With this video, I am going to start a new section on my channel where we can learn the Kwacha language, many more things about the Kwacha? Andean culture and new experiences. Wait, so I wonder if... Kesha? I don't know. Whatever. What am I supposed to know, Austin? Uh, do I look like a... Do I look like I speak any other languages other than English? Uh, yeah, I took two years of Spanish like, class you, you, in high school, I, I, you, and you I kind of look like the it. type. You kind of look like the type of dude that learned Russian. You did start. Oh, you did spit thanks. out that rap from Community. That's different, though. Like they're not like if you actually like translate what they're saying, they're speaking Spanish as if like they just like found the words on the which is on purpose, by the way. Uh, like from the back of like a Spanish textbook, and are just like writing them down directly. So like, there's no grammar to it. Plus, I like I I pr actually had to really practice that song. <clears throat> Donde esta la biblioteca, mi amo ti bon la arana discoteca, discoteca, mateca la biblioteca, es el mejor grande pero mateca. Speaking of like robots that do stuff, did you guys? So I sent the so I showed Austin and Jacob this. It's this app. You, I got it on my Mac, but you can download it on other things. And it's, in short, it's, you can, it uses a neural network AI to piece apart, to split apart instruments and songs. Right. I actually use a website that does something like that, but it doesn't do it perfectly. It probably does it about 70, 75% good. But um, have you heard the results from this one? From what, the one I've been using? Yeah, the one you posted here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I'll send this to Austin and Jacob. I can send a different one of a non-copyrighted song. It works all right. It, it isn't perfect, but it's honestly cool to see. You know, there's some artifacts and stuff. From what's the, its name? By the way, should have already asked you. What? Oh, what's its name? It's called Neural Mix Pro. All right, the one I use is called Splitter.ai. But yeah, and so I used this for some songs. And it worked, not insane, not perfect, but it was definitely interesting to hear how it pieced together some parts. It even works with, and the thing is, most of these programs, they work well with stereo recordings, but if you put in a mono recording, it doesn't work at all. But with this, I put in a mono recording, and it actually was able to piece apart the elements fairly well. Hmm. Which is the craziest thing to me. So, like... It doesn't necessarily split up instruments because it can't. It's not that intelligent yet, but it can split apart drums, uh, the in the instrumental, and the vocals. So it gives you three stems? Yeah, it gives you three stems to work with. And it's not the perfect, like I said, it's not perfect, but I would love to see how this goes eventually because maybe we can get something that literally can almost make it one-to-one -one a good copy, even if it is still three stems. Like, getting it to the point where it has almost no artifacts from the original right. would definitely be something interesting to get to. That's the big goal. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, imagine being able to take, like... <laughs> imagine being able to take... <laughs> doing your mom. Imagine being able to doing take that song... Mom, doing, doing and taking your the, mom! The vocals. Doing your mom! There ain't, there's no way there's a vocal, a drum, and a harm... You know anything for that imagine being able to feed that through this thing and getting an almost perfect three stem tracks from it i would love that personally like has anyone it, tried that let's try it it's genuinely something AI. that's going to be crazy to see if it progresses any farther 
again, it's still very. What would limited, be nice but... about like that finally like starting to work out is like a lot of these like producers like they never release like the stems for these projects, and it's a real pain for people who want to remix or they want the acapella for a pro- you know any any you know whatever the case may be. So it'd be nice how like a surefire way of like getting these stems for people to yeah. use. It it does more than that though. Neural mix does more than that. It it has so okay. So you know how if you use like Audacity and you speed up a song, it's gonna get higher in pitch. And if you don't, if you use the option that doesn't make it get higher in pitch, it's gonna sound really choppy. Slow it down, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's also going to do the same thing if you try to change the pitch and not the speed. This thing can actually do that without losing the quality. So it can change pitch and speed. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It can be. They're they're completely independent. So and it sounds amazing. It doesn't like obviously it's still pitched up, so it's not going to sound like natural but it's gonna it doesn't have any of the artifacts or any sort of side effects like using audacity or something like that would and keep in mind if you're as long as you are keeping it like you can use this for free yeah they have a thing where you can pay like 50 bucks a month i think it's like 50 bucks a year 50 bucks a year to get more options but the bare essentials you can get three stems which is the same if you paid the 50 bucks and you can do the pitching and speed adjustment without any loss to like tempo or just natural groove to it, and it's sat and it it's just genuinely crazy to hear it. And it's mainly I hear it's mainly meant for DJs to use because DJs that's what most stems. If you find most stems online for songs, they're mostly meant for DJs to use to like sample and to make beats out of. That's what they're mainly meant for. They're not meant for People like, you know, you, you and I who want to remix them. Obviously, they do get used for that purpose, but that's not the purpose they're meant for. And that's what this isn't really meant for. That's why they don't really necessarily put the biggest emphasis on removing the artifacts completely. Because if you don't remove the artifacts, it's not like in a huge club where everybody's, you know, dancing around and everything. It's not like nobody, anybody's going to notice yeah, it. Yeah, they're being It's matched. like some dude's going to be like, hold up, guys. Stop the party. Stop the party, guys. That guy has artifacts on his instrument. I heard some high frequency drop off. That doesn't. We have a problem here, guys. Stop the party. This is no longer a party rock moment. <laughs> yeah, this is no longer fun, everybody. No more fun. This guy has issues, and we need to figure out what they bad are. Bad stems. Bad stems. Bad remix stems. Unacceptable. We'll be leaving a one star review on Yelp. Anyways, I feel like now is the best time to point out that Splitter.ai does not have the pitching shifting or the uh, time shifting effects that Neuralink does, but it can do five stems. Oh, like how? Drums, bass, guitars, keys, whatever it determines as guitars and keys, and vocals. Well, I mean, you probably, I'm going to see, actually, let me check. Okay, so I found out, so this is what it says you can get with the full subscription. It's not, by the way, I figured out it's not a subscription. It's actually you just pay once. So that's my bad. Uh, You can isolate beats, instruments, and vocals. You can create instrumentals and acapella. You can export these. You can extract beat match loops of any instrument. You And you get like the 
looping and pitch shifting and time stretching, basically you don't get that much. You you also get BPM and key detection, which you do not get for nice. the regular version. That's good. Although Logic can do that, just saying. Well, at least the BPM detection. I don't think Logic does. Does Logic also do the key detection? I think it does, right? Key detection? I think it does. I, I've been using the software on Windows that I found. I don't know how uh, like reliable it is for it. Uh, but it's called a key finder, and uh, it'll find the keys for you. Uh, bear in mind, I'm not 100% sure if it works. It's every song I give it, it spits me out a minor key. So that's it's probably not working correctly. I'm, I'm gonna be yeah, real. probably not. Austin, would you say what was the website again? You said that was the it was Splitter.ai, right? I pinned it. I keep thinking you. I keep thinking. I keep like trying to think of um. What is that? I keep trying to think of like slither.io and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, wait. it does. It does. Wait, how does that Isn't help it you with, snake uh, game? with stems? Does the snake cut up? Does the snake, does the snake cut the stems for you and send them back? What a nice snake. Dude, the snake's a nice snake. Wholesome snake. Thank you. Snakes are cool, man. Go snakes. Go snakes, guys. Sounds like a like a like a sport team right there. Let's go snakes. Let's go snakes. Let's go. St- oh, I, okay. Maybe no. Washington should change their name to the snakes. The Washington okay, snakes. I'm being real. Like, the like pap- you know, um, the New Jersey snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, hold up. Uh, there is one thing that we haven't done. We should have What's done that? this earlier. I might end up inserting this into the earlier portion of the episode, but... Can we make it like a time travel sound when we do that? Hello, we're from the future to tell you something. Take it away, Austin. Jacob has a featured artist for this episode. You want to tell us about him? Of course. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Just kidding. Of course you haven't, because he's a relatively small artist. But the guy goes by the name of Linus from the Stars. Now, if you like any electro-pop type of music, <coughs> Owl City-esque, you're going to like this guy's music. Uh, he released a new a- EP uh, last month, uh, and this is what got me into his music. I've known about him for a little over a year, maybe a little less, but I think it's been about a year. I just never really got into him. Like He's a good producer. like He really is. Like All his mixes are clean. I just didn't really care for it too much until he released his neck, uh, you know, his most recent EP, Brave Adventures. Uh, and it really turned me on to his music, and I'm, you know, definitely a big fan. You know, th- this new EP ended up being really good, so I bought a signed vinyl from him uh, that should be here soon. I, that's how much of a fan I am of it. So I definitely recommend you check it out. You know, his link should be in the description. Uh, you know, support him on Bandcamp, check him out on Spotify. Uh, yes, I think that should do it. And if you're curious, my favorite song from him on Brave Adventures is Shipwrecked on the Moon. The song is awesome. Definitely check it out. That's how, that's how we normally do this, right? That, that, that segment. Yeah. True. Um, send, send a YouTube link to one of his songs or to that song. I hate to say this, but I really don't have anything to say because this is my thing is like in the same way that Jacob, you know, aside from like Blink-182 and stuff doesn't really you know, it isn't really like huge into rock music. Like I am, I can't really say anything about like electronic pop. Cause I'm not really into that either. That's why we have you both here. And Austin's the in between Austin's the perfect. How about in-between. we check out another small band that I, I discovered recently. It's called blink 182. Not sure if you guys, <laughs> dude, I hear, I hear, I know about, you know, I hear about another band that's kind of small. You ever heard of uh what is it? It's called like Nirvana or something. Uh, is that some kind of like, like grunge band or something? 
Really underground. Really underground. Uh, we already okay. made this joke. Well, we guess what, Austin? I, I don't care. Oh, okay. I do not Re- care. We make we make this Re- is extra reverb, okay? We make our this name extra literally Re- comes extra from reverb, funny more like extra mistakes. The name of the podcast All literally right, hold comes up, from hold fart up, hold with up. extra reverb. Like, come on. Okay, hold up. Before we go anywhere else, though, I think it's only fair to say that Linus from the Stars is not his actual project name. Like, it's, Linus yeah, from the Stars is actually a, a side project. Yeah. His main project, which he is well more known for, is Nano B or Nano Bi. Nano B, I think. And in that one, uh, he doesn't sing as much, but he does sing sometimes. Like, he has a song called Children of the Sky, which is pretty you good. Know, I've noticed and, Austin, uh He uh, does this... more like happy hardcore, is what he calls it, on Nano B. Yeah. And uh, more electronica. It's, yeah, it's way more, it's way more like EDM and electronica. So, yeah, Austin was asking me, like, oh, he sings on this project, so why does he have the side project? He doesn't always sing on this project, and it's a different sound than Linus from the Stars. In fact, uh, he has 80,000 monthly listeners on Nano B, and he has a song that was published by Monster Cat, I think, and has, you know, 6.8 million uh, plays on Spotify. So... I don't know why I don't know why he wouldn't um just release these Linus from the Stars songs as Nano B cuz hey it's not like he doesn't sing on that project. He's noble. He's like, "Hey man, this project sounds one way. I don't want to like use the clout from this project to use this music. I want it to be and you know, I want it to stand out on its own." I mean, you do you, Linus, but that's not what I would do. You suck, Linus. Oh well. We have the extra reverb. We don't like the way you do your projects. No, I'm just kidding. No, I respect <laughs> that. I really do. Are just uh, it's it's constructive criticism. I don't know, man. It's like Nano B for the most part is instrumental, so I I don't know. Like I don't know, he has a few like vocal songs, but maybe maybe because he was doing that, he's like, you know what? I want to keep doing this, but I want this to be an instrumental project. So maybe that's why he started the new project. Like, all right, all you know, projects with voices can be on this. There's probably name. a tweet somewhere. Oh, no, no. What probably happened is he probably put out an update video just like the one I put out today, and he's going to hear this and go like, why didn't you just watch that update video? Yeah, idiots. How dare you? Uh, but anyways. Yo, Coker, real quick. Did you know that Jeanette McCurdy has a uh, podcast? How? Who doesn't? Why does she? <laughs> Who doesn't at this point? Yeah, True. like, ever since Joe Rogan got a podcast, Everyone, Everyone has, has a, podcast. a podcast, which was like eighty centuries ago. Yeah, I know. Like, but anyways, uh, how often does he uh, post? Once a day, like weekly, I think. <laughs> world, world, maybe world twice War a week. Two ended, world War Two ended and was like, hey guys, we got a crazy guy on here today. We have we have Harry Truman, the guy who ended World War Two. How you doing, Harry Truman? Like, I would be dude. real with you, Joe. Uh, it's been pretty tense around here. Hey, Harry, Harry, I want to know how you feel about the apes. What do you think about them? Planet of the Apes. How do you feel about monkeys? Don't they have a good society? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm gonna be real. Monkeys aren't apes. You're not, not a, a fan. Monkeys aren't apes, dude. Well, You're guess what? Uh, pomegranate is a fruit. Yep. It... Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Do you guys ever notice? I'm. I'm. Like, uh, you guys are like the serious dudes, and I'm the only one that just brings up like. You call oh, it Jacob serious? I'm the one that, I'm hey man, the one that I've brings up. seriously calling Jacob serious. <laughs> I'm the one that brings up old bands months, and Austin. give me a break, man. I'm the one that brings up old bands and makes 
annoying noises. Like I'm just like eh, Nirvana. I mean, I play along with the bit, Austin, because <laughs> you know bits are funny. Austin's just like, oh, we're Mister Serious. We can't have a single joke on here. We're extra reverb. What are you talking about? I have you two on. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask you though, Coker. What would you do if you were in Linus's position and you had like two streams of musical thought that were kind of sort of branching off, but you could still put them under the same name? Well, I'm already doing that. That's what I figured you'd say. Oh, that's yeah, I'm already doing that. that. I got the. I got. You're the, still stuffing everything under the Sweet Tuesday name. I got the the synth Thomas the Tank Engine style music that I'm doing for Martin Walls, and I'm doing for my SoundCloud, and then I got the rock music that I'm doing for like every you know for the same stuff. You know, we should get um, we should get Michael Drake on this podcast one day because it makes sense with his music stuff. I'm gonna say like he also he kind of does the same thing with his music where he has it all grouped in one project. Michael like he has instrumental projects, he has like rock songs, he has rap songs on there, so. Kind of interesting to see his stance on that. Clearly, he's okay with just slapping everything together into one name, one brand. You know, it's like, yeah, it's more of um, a brand. You know, I, I, I've considered. I've been thinking about doing a project lately where I do everything with Game Boy sounds, like the sounds that cool. the Game Boy can make. Yeah, except for percussion. Which I is think everything, I, I think though, I, I think I set it aside for percussion because the Game That's Boy true. percussion is super limited and doesn't. It's not. It gets. It'll get dull after a bit if I just use the same percussion tracks. I need to at least have that be different. Well, as Austin said, it it has a sample. One of the voices is a sampler, so I don't know. Yeah, well, you I'm know what I do with that. Uh, it's called oh, Logic hold up, Pro hold X up. Bit Crusher. Hold up, hold up. I just realized you're talking about the original Game Boy again. Yeah. I always assume you're talking about the Advance. Every single time you bring up the Game Boy, I always assume you're talking about no, the I'm Advance. So the Advance the has a sampler OG, on it, but the DMG, OG doesn't. Great little yes, box. Yes, the Advance can sample. I know we talked remember about this, but can do I don't MIDI. remember everything, obviously. The, the okay. Advance has a, cool. a better sound system than, well, I was going to say the SNES, but they're about the same, aren't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, sort of. Uh, Game Boy Advance was the one that was very wide, Jacob. But then it had the later model that was no, no, no. Like I, a flip I, phone. It was backlit. Yeah, I know. No, I know what I know what the Game Boys look like. I didn't say I don't know what it advances. I'm saying I forget the that the Advance you know audio engine I guess is different from the, the, the Advance, original. When you really think about it, the Advance and the DS sound system, wasn't too different from each other. Maybe right, a little right, bit better yeah. on the DS, but. I mean, dude, the OG DS literally looks like a Game Boy, just like longer. Have you noticed that? I have one actually. With two screens, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's really cool. It looks like the long. See, I hadn't, I didn't have the actual like original long screen or long control or um, Game Boy Advance. I had the Game Boy Advance SP, which was a flip. I got the SP. So the DS is kind of like both of those combined designed with two screens. Yeah. Yeah. No. The um. The SP. I remember. I remember. Uh. And this is like literally one of the most common mods that people do for the DS is they will literally if like the top screen doesn't work they'll actually just rip it off, smoothen out the top of it, and then turn it into like a solely Game Boy Advance playing device. That's pretty cool. Some mod. Anyways, uh, called the Game Boy. So you're talking original Game Boy, huh? No, the original Game Boy is the one I want to make the album of sounds. That's going to yeah. be the name of the album of sounds of Doogie, of 
pea soup colored graphics and motion blur and not being able to play the game when it's slightly dim in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very long name, but it's it'll be good. It's slightly dim in here. I can't play my Game Boy. I hate Oh, myself. well, look, I got this little worm light. Let me put it on. Oh, wait, no, it sucks. Literal dookie butt, and it doesn't have any diffusion with the light, so it just gives me a bunch of glare. It just hurts your eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> I saw one. I, I seen one that was meant to look like a T-Rex, and it was so big it actually covered up the screen. It, there was no point in even having it anymore because it would just cover up the screen and you couldn't see it. Yeah. Cool. Sort of. Okay. Not really. I, I'm surprised you had a Not at all. OG. You had an OG Game Boy like as a kid, I'm assuming. Okay, so the first Game Boy I got was an SP, and it was the black SP, just the regular AGS-01. And then later nice. on, I got one from, I got one, I think it was from my cousin or maybe one of my, it was from a relative and it turned out to actually be the, this it was like the really, it's like the platinum blue and it was the AGS 101. So it was the one that actually had the really bright screen. And that was the one I used for a very long time. I also had a silver one. That was the regular one that my cousins gave me. And then later on, I got a Game Boy Color and then eventually my my mom was like, hey, look, I found this in the attic. And it was a f- new complete in box Game Boy DMG like from the 80s or early 90s, you know, that she owned. And yeah, that was I got it when I was like nine or 10, you know, and I still have it to this day. Super Mario Land 2, my favorite game of all time, if you want to know. And it's because of that, because I would always play that game. Yeah, it's yeah. funny just because like I, I'm older than Coker, but I've only had the uh, the Game Boy SP, you know, like the last Game Boy they released, and then I got a DS Lite. Yeah, me too, exactly. Uh, you know, I never really owned any of these older ones. The last Game Boy they released was the Game Boy Advance Micro, the one that was literally a basic. It was literally the idea of a DS that just plays Game Boy Advance games, but even smaller. Like uh, it, you literally, it was literally like. The about the size of, I would say like a small TV remote, and you could put Game Boy Advance games in it and play them. I didn't know those are real actually for whatever reason, but they seem like the screen's smaller than the actual Game Boy screen, so it's kind of like what's the point? Yeah, no. The thing is, my like, I hear that the they the placement of like the cartridge slot is one of the worst out of any of the Game Boys because it's not completely received. You know, like you can't. If you put a Game Boy Advance game in, it's not going to go all the way into it, so you don't have like a smooth body. You have a little tiny part of the cartridge sticking out, and it's not even centered. It's like at a, it's like slightly yeah, to the, it. it's not centered. slightly off. So like I was just like, why would they? Who would buy that? Yeah, who made that? Not to mention, not to mention, you can only play Game Boy Advance games. So like, yeah, you can't the, play like the OG like Pokemon games and stuff. Like. You know, what would be the point in that? Just get a Game Boy Advance SP. Or if you're like me and don't like the way that the Game Boy Advance SP feels anymore, get an OG Game Boy Pocket or Game Boy Color or something and get those modded for a better screen because they do that now, nowadays. Yeah. The OG Game Boy, like, you got to admit, it's one of the coolest looking, like, portable consoles oh, that's come it's out. Oh, it's so like, awesome. I, I still... It. It's, yeah, it's I, beautiful. I got one. This is the thing is I have to say. The OG Game Boy... It feels like a tool. And so does the pocket. The Game Boy Pocket feels like a tool too. The Game Boy Color feels like a toy. It feels yeah. like it's meant for kids. 
And the Game Boy Advance SP, it, it feels nice. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's for kids, but it doesn't feel like it's cool and all. It looks cool and it looks very 2000s if you want that aesthetic. But for someone like me who likes Walkman and Walkman, you know, like Walkmans, we had that whole discussion in a previous episode and like all that old 80s technology, the Game Boy Advance, the original Game Boy and like the Game Boy Pocket are the my favorites because they look the best. In fact, I have a new modded Game Boy Pocket coming in the mail soon. That has the new backlit screen. So by the end of it, I'll have that coming in the mail. And that'll be awesome. Except the battery life is only an hour because it's two AAA batteries. Right. Yeah. But um, no, I love the way the original Game Boy looks. And it feels great, too, because I have not big hands, not big, big hands, but I have pretty chubby hands. And so for something like the Game Boy Advance SP, it just it, it feels like I'm just slipping all over it when I'm playing it. But the Game Boy in the Game Boy Pocket are just so well put together. It feels like you're at, it feels so good to play them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're talking about this on a podcast called Extra Reverb, but we are. Yo, we got to this point. Did you know that the last game released for the Nintendo Entertainment System came out in 1995? I know they stopped selling it in 95. What was it? Looks like it's a game called Sunday Funday. Oh, that's right. I know what game you're talking about. It's It's so... It was that game. It was originally called. It was originally called something like. Uh, I remember it was from Wisdom Tree. It was from that company that originally yeah. was making all those crappy unlicensed. I've watched every AVGN video, so I know about Wisdom Tree. They made every like crappy unlicensed game for the Nintendo for the NES, and then they like eventually they were like Nintendo was like, hey, Walmart, hey Toys R Us, if you guys sell these this company's games then no more. We're not dealing, we're not selling you any of our games. And Toys R Us and Walmart were like, okay, because they weren't, you know, who's going to look at that, those piles of crap and be like, nah, I'd rather sell these over the Nintendo games. So what they did was they were like, okay, we can't do this anymore. So let's rebrand all our games as Christian games and give them to the Christian bookstores that wouldn't be selling Nintendo games anyway. And boom, that's how you get Sunday Funday. But you can still play them on the Nintendo systems. But what I find interesting is that that's just one year before the 64 would be released. Oh, yeah, no, it was already like three years after the SNES, came, or the four years after the SNES came out. Yeah, it's kind of funny it lasted that long. Something else interesting, though, is that uh, the last game for the GameCube was Madden NFL 08, and the last game for the Xbox, the original Xbox, was Madden NFL 09. Oh, that's funny. How about the or last, how about Nintendo continued the service they stopped servicing the Famicom disc system in 2000 or they stopped servicing the Famicom, basically the Japanese NES yeah. in 2000. What's crazy is the Famicom disc system. They didn't stop servicing that until 2008. And I think that that's about the same for the NES. I don't know why it was just successful. So they kept servicing it. Yeah. Anyways, go on Jacob. So if you're done, I want to show you guys something cool. I got uh, the other day It uh, Coker's cousin sent it to me. Uh, if you look in the Discord chat, and you guys will see on screen, uh, I got this. This is a replica of a Strat guitar that Tom DeLong used at some point during his career. Uh, and they sold him on his website for a limited time, uh, and, he, and he, he signs it and everything. Uh, I, I bought it like uh, three months ago, and it finally came. they finally sent it out like a week ago, and it came in two days ago. It looks really cool. It comes like a little guitar stand. So I have that on top of my computer right now. Note, it's not a real guitar, in case you're wondering. 
It's not a real guitar, guys. I mean, I tried it. I tried to plug it in. Turns out the guitar jack is, like, almost as big as, like, the guitar body. So it's like, oh, man. I don't know if it's going to work. I might have to get an adapter or something. That reminds me because I saw this video earlier, like, yesterday. It's a disaster? <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't see that video. I might be kidding. That's what I saw. My signature came out fine. It says, Tom DeLonge mini Fender Stratocaster replica is a disaster. Oh, yeah. this is a too long, didn't read. All right, do you want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Basically, I knew these weren't going to be amazing replicas, but I was hopeful because I love the original guitar design so much. But this is a travesty. Multiple flaws that I, I just can't overlook. And believe it or not, I was actually more excited for the item itself than the autograph. So yeah, bummed. Wow. I was able to return them, so any offers to purchase... Oh, I, I was able to return them. So, any offers to purchase them will be ignored. I, okay, I'll have to watch the video. I'm perfectly fine with mine. It looks fine. The signature is good. You know, I, I don't have a single, like, problem with it. And I was more excited for more of the signature. But it's a cool model. It's a cool little, like, uh, uh, knick-knack to have up. So, it looks cool in my room. I don't know. That that tells you how much of a, a Tom Stan I am. That, like, I can look any, I can overlook any flaw, man. Oh, look, the company, uh, you know, to the stars, his company replied to the video, actually. We're sorry to hear you're not happy with your order. Axe Heaven guitars are officially licensed by Fender and handcrafted. One of a kind pieces. Our team would be more than happy to help resolve any issues. Uh, if you could, please email our customer service. And then he sent the... All right, so the next topic that I want to talk about is a bit of a uh, mixing technique thing. I wrote a message in the server that said, Throughout the current episode that just came out, 17, so this was a couple weeks ago, there was an annoying fast speed pumping compression effect on my voice and sometimes Jacob's. And I had no idea what it was and I had no way to find out what it was because, see, I was going on vacation and I had to just kind of run them through Studio One really quick with all of the effects that I had previously set up. So I basically had to glue all those effects in and then edit afterwards in Pro Tools. So all those effects were glued in, and I had no way to check and see which one of them was the culprit. But when I was editing the last episode, 18, I found out what it was. What do you guys think it was? And it wasn't the compressor. What was it? Or was that, was that not a rhetorical question? You don't want to guess? Oh, um... My guess was, um... Maybe like a compressor setting like didn't work correctly and just kind of messed everything that's, up. That's what I thought too. I don't know. But technically yes. you are correct. Believe Let's it or go! not. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, uh it was the DSer. That makes sense. That makes sense. If it if it's if it's too strong, man, it makes a really weird sound. The deesser setting in Studio One relies on internal sidechaining, which means that it will decrease the level of the entire signal, not just those high frequencies. That's a bit lazy, and there is a better way to do it, but usually I have it set to a level to where it doesn't really sound that much off. Oh, and by the way, what I mean is like, in Pro Tools, the deesser that you have there will only decrease the high frequencies, if you set it to that okay but in studio one it decreases the entire level that's what was causing the pumping it was being hit too hard and i think released too fast 
Either way, I mean, I went through like all the plugins when I was editing the 18th episode, and I turned them all off one at a time, and that's what was causing it. I know that I was hitting the DSer pretty hard, so yeah. I guess your precious little Studio One isn't so precious after all, is it, Austin? <laughs> Should have committed to Reason. Reason can't do this. Reason doesn't even have a an internal sidechain on its compressor. No, it does not. You see, Austin, it's called Logic Pro X because you <laughs> gotta be a Logical Pro 10 to use it. You have to be 10 and a Logical Pro to use it. If you're 11, you're, you, you gotta get out. If you're 11 and a Logical Pro, maybe. Mm. It's questionable then. Mm. Yeah. But we can all agree that it's better than Cubase. Like, who uses Cubase? I don't know anyone who uses Cubase. I've never met anyone who uses Cubase. Like, there's no way, like, people use Cubase. There's just no Why do so many, no all, why do all the good programs only work for Ableton Live? I've never met anybody who actually uses Ableton Live. I have. Or, like, keyboards, too. Like, there's a lot of, like, like keyboards that are popular, like, Novation keyboards that are, like, meant for Ableton. Like, they'll still work in other DAWs, but there's a bunch of buttons that just do nothing because it's for Ableton and Ableton only. True. But I've met people that use Ableton. I mean, we had one of them on our podcast. Oh. Well, actually, I've been, I've technically have been using Ableton, but I, I think we don't count it until they actually like release a song with Ableton. So I won't, I won't yeah. get into use that. Logic, only Logic. I use Reason. Reason's the best. If you use anything other than Reason, you suck unless it's Audacity. Then kudos to you. Major kudos. All right, let's talk about something else. So most of the guitars that we have are built of wood, right? Yes. But some people are a bit daring with the materials that they choose for their guitars. I've seen carbon be used. I've seen... Uh, carbon? Whatever. <laughs> Carpet, yeah, sure. But we found a video where a guy made a guitar out of concrete. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? That sounds like it would... Well, what kind of <laughs> like an electric guitar? or Because there's no way it's in like an acoustic. That wouldn't, that wouldn't work. It definitely puts all the tone wood guys in their place. Uh, I mean, I, I, dude, that would just like mess up your back. Like, it wouldn't sound good. Like, it'd have to definitely be an electric. I don't know, man. Like, I can't Austin, see that sounding that good. That solves your problem with all the punks. Just give them all concrete guitars, and then they can't break it. Nah, you can still break concrete, bro. I think instead of breaking the guitars, they'd start breaking people's heads. Oh, definitely. Well, you could you honestly, probably you break can do that the with a regular before you guitar. broke the guitar, man. I don't. It depends how Maybe. it's made because I feel like is like, the neck like, made out of concrete I, too. I feel I like forgot. the neck would Let easily come off if you hit it hard enough. I think the neck was actually still made out of wood. I'm checking Although, now. It would be harder to swing it yeah, around it though because it's heavy. So I don't know. But like, imagine like no, yeah, but I mean like the neck's pointless. Like, what's gonna happen if you? What's gonna happen? The neck literally like, oh wow, look, I had this concrete guitar and the neck broke off. All right, well let's just get rid of the wood parts and buy a new neck because it's a Stratocaster and you can replace the neck easily. Like, probably. Not probably. You probably. It's definitely Stratocasters are easy. All you gotta do is just take the bolt out. Well. What do you think about the sound, anyways? I can't, I can't see it being. Oh, good. it sounds great! I love it. Are you serious? It sounds no different than like a normal Stratocaster to me. Well, he said that it clocked in at over nineteen pounds. Oof! So, uh, yeah, <laughs> rather heavy. 
I mean, they could have made it semi-hollow, then it probably would have weighed a little less. A little less. That's actually a good point. Well, maybe they'll consider that for the next one. Semi- Hell, everybody, this is my semi-hollow electric guitar. It'd be a pretty cool flex, though, to say, well, I've got a guitar made out of concrete. Dude, you'd have you'd have the back strength of like a mon- of like a soldier, or, uh, like a Mongolian soldier from like the ancient times using that yeah <laughs> i don't know where that comparison was going i'm sorry <laughs> it was it was probably going to china it was going to china that's where it was going shooting water now that's a fact nobody's going to hear that song <laughs> that song's never getting released I, it was when i took a fat dunk on kim jong un i was like kim jong un you're kind of stupid and then the world blew up just like my career is about to blow up oh my only goal my main goal in life is to blow up and then act like i don't know nobody wow i like to make myself believe all right well we got one more technique to discuss have you guys ever heard of parallel eqing yes wait no. Didn't we? Is it like yeah. parallel compression but EQ? Yeah. Lately I've been discovering yes, that... Yes, I knew it! Alright. Lately I've been discovering that you can parallel process about any plugin. So parallel compression, of course we know. Parallel distortion, of course we know. Parallel gate helps to like add some punch to drums. It can kind of act as like a transient shaper. And then parallel EQ is very, very interesting. Um, I heard about it first with this dynamic EQ plugin that I use called uh, Nova, which is by Tokyo Dawn Labs. You guys have heard of that, right? Mm-hmm. Heard of what? Sorry. Dynamic EQ? No. We talked about this, didn't we? Maybe. I don't remember if we did, but it's basically EQ with compression. So you can set your EQ band to whatever level, and then you could set it to, like, reduce when it hits a threshold, when the incoming sound hits a threshold. And you can sidechain things to this, and it's really cool. If you know multiband compression, it's kind of like that, but it's with the interface of an EQ rather than a compressor. So dynamic EQ actually does not process in series. It processes parallel, meaning there's always going to be a 50-50 blend of the original signal with the reduced signal of the dynamic EQ. So this is kind of how parallel EQ works. Basically, um, dynamic EQ is, of course, dynamic. It's not static, but you can set it up to where it's static. Like, you can split the signal out of a channel, and um, one copy of the signal will go to the uh, mixer, but the other copy will go to an EQ first, and then to a mixer. So once you blend the two signals together, 50-50, one with the EQ and one without, um, this actually helps you be able to EQ a sound without having to deal with phase issues. Because, as you probably know, every time you make an EQ cut, you're introducing some phase, some phase alignment issues around that frequency that you cut. Or boost, you know? Uh, processing parallel helps with that because you only have 50% of the problem. It also helps you make more precise cuts 
add boosts because you're only affecting 50% of the overall sound. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. What could you could you give an example of like how we would use this in like a casual setting for this? You could use it on anything. I would assume though that the best way to use it would be like in mastering because in mastering of course you're all about the subtlety. That's true. As for dynamic EQ though, I found that dynamic EQ works really well on vocals. In fact, I'm using it on our vocals now. We all have certain frequencies that just jump up whenever we say certain letters. Yeah. And it can really be used as a de-esser itself. TTR Nova, that's the plugin that you want to get. It's free. It works on everything. Uh, Go get that. Definitely, guys. So there's one that I think there's something we forgot to bring up. I think it's very cool. So there's this thing Austin showed me. I think it's really cool. It's called Deer VR Pro 3 Dimensional Mixing. And Austin, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to go into it? Now you go ahead. I've been talking. All right. So basically the idea is apparently it's meant more for like VR games and stuff like that. But the use, like the common, you know, music guy like we are, the common use for it is to make much more like intricate mixes. It basically sort of works like a reverb plugin, except you can also change how where it is in the room. It sort of functions as both panning and reverb. I'm assuming on the original video that I was sent, there's actually they actually either either way the acoustics in the room they used weren't perfect they were very close to something like my room and they were able to get it to sound like it was in a studio by using this plugin and panning out and everything and it's the craziest thing it's about 199 bucks i think so 200 dollars and i i can't really describe it that well it's basically it's sort of like surround sound in a way but Unlike surround sound where you have to have surround sound speakers to use it, you don't with this. With this, you can just use any sort of set of headphones you got. Hmm. And Yeah, like it just sounds like it's coming from surround. It sort of emulates it a little bit. And it right. it's really useful. And it has so like there's something it has called virtual acoustics. And you can use it to change the size. You can dampen it. Use some game basic stuff. But it, it really like you have to if Austin Austin's going to put the video in the description and I recommend you guys all watch it. Cause I can't really describe it in the perfect way. In short, it basically makes, it works as a extremely good, like acoustic room simulator for audio. It definitely would help probably with mixing. I would say because you can get really good sounding studio ambience. Yeah. Without having a studio, obviously. It's it's amazing for stuff like that. Yeah, it's really good for sounding like it's live. Yeah, and um, really good for giving a good spatial sound without having to use surround sound. Because, I, you know, most, most people don't even... I think, honestly, I feel like surround sound is sort of starting to die off because nobody really... Nobody has a hi-fi anymore. Nobody has a hi-fi anymore that has a surround sound set up in it anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Like aside from like the people like maybe Austin, Jacob and I, or like the people who are really into that that type of stuff. Most people, the only real 
like audio stuff people care about anymore is like their car, you know, or in the area I live, their truck. My dad would disagree because he loves surround sound. Well, I mean, I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying for the most part. surround sound set up in his living room and his bedroom. I don't know. But, um, like, like that's the thing is because back, like, a long time ago, every house had, almost every house had, like, some sort of stereo system. Yeah. Everyone cared about having hi-fis and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, that's a big reason why mixing progressed the way it did. You know, because back in the 60s, you had, you know, like, another thing is, back in the 60s, the reason old 60s recordings sound the way they do is because, A, not many people cared about hi-fi back then. A lot of the mixing and mastering was done just to solely, it was done to drown out the chatter, chitter-chatter you'd hear in, like, a restaurant by hearing that song being played on the jukebox. That's why so many of those old songs, especially by, like, Phil Spector, and all those early 60s bands have so much distortion, it's because they purposely mix them and boost the mid-frequencies to the point where it was done so that you could hear it over the loudness of, like, a restaurant if the song was being played on a jukebox. Yeah, and so that they wouldn't break the record needles, the record player needles. Exactly, yeah. And that's so that's why they did that. And because of that, most of them were mono. People didn't really care about that. Plus, not to mention, keep in mind... Four track was a brand new thing at this point. Recording on four tracks was huge. Like back in the fifties, like Buddy Holly and Elvis days, you had two tracks, left and right. I mean, I'm not even kidding when I say, or no, not left and right, but still, you had two tracks. And then later on, they got four tracks in the sixties. And the thing about four track was, say you have track one, track one's drums and bass. That was usually the combo of those two. Or sorry, what you would do is you would have drums, bass, guitar, and maybe a rough vocal, maybe a vocal on one reel of tape, taking up each four tracks. And then what you would have to do is you would have to bounce. You they called it bouncing, but that's where the term bouncing that we use in a lot of DAWs comes now. By the way, yeah, they'd render them all down to one track yeah. to be put on the uh, one of the four yeah. tracks. They'd bounce it so you know, like the drums and the bass would become one thing after they were done mixing it and then the guitars and maybe an overdub guitar would become another track and then you had the vocals which would be one track and then you had anything else that would be the fourth track or they'd have vocals on two tracks and pan them left and right yeah and that's that's how they used to do it back then and because of that that's why when you hear old Beatles songs or old Beach Boys songs or old 60s songs in general that are in their stereo mixes Beach Boys were in mono Beach Boys were in stereo and mono the, but this is what okay, I'm about well, to get to. Well, definitely the Beatles. Yeah. The biggest thing to say is, if you're listening to an old 60s record or an old you know 60s song on digital, find the mono mix because the stereo mixes are, I hate to sound like this, they're hot garbage for the most part. Straight up call them because out. Because they had no, there were four tracks. They only had four tracks. Yeah. And so because of that, you'd have... They were like, oh, well, I think the bass and... And another thing, too, is it didn't help that it, stereo was mostly a gimmick at this point. They didn't really take stereo too seriously because there wasn't... So you would have stuff like Beatles songs where it was vocals are all the way in the left, drums and bass are all the way in the right, and for some reason the guitars are in the middle. <laughs> you know, that was the type of stuff you'd hear back then because stereo was, one, a gimmick, and two, very hard to do with only four tracks that were all bounced together. And... So this is what I was about to get to. Late 60s, about 68 or 69, 8-track. Eight 8-track eight yeah, recording eight became track. a thing. 
8-track revolution. 8-track recording became a thing, and 8-track is more than enough to record stuff even today. So back in the 60s, you know, it was amazing. The Beatles recorded one album on 8-track, and that was Abbey Road. Just so you guys know, Abbey Road was the first first and only Beatles album recorded on an 8-track reel-to-reel tape recorder. And 8-track revolutionized everything, and all of a sudden, around the same time, people started caring about hi-fi and stereo, good stereo audio. So they came around at the perfect time, and that's why, boom, end of the decade, starting of the 70s, you start to hear really good stereo mixing. Stuff that, you know, like the things that we know now, like, for example, bass shouldn't be all the way in the left channel completely dry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, tried to, I tried to do that when I was first learning music production, and, like, I was, like, panning on, like, drums and stuff, and Austin was like, hey... Oh. Don't do that. Yeah, I did the same thing too. Austin, I remember because I'm Austin, I can tell you, I used to try to mend Paul McCartney's because my only experience with mixes was like Paul McCartney's old stuff. Yeah. And Badfinger and stuff. And that stuff was the same way. Yeah, that's exactly what Austin said. He was like, hey, only the Beatles does that. So like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So like. the But I see where you're going with this. Um, It's all about where people listen because like in the 70s and 80s, they had the big hi-fi and stereo systems. And then, like, along came the Walkman, and people started listening on that. And then, like, now we've got Bluetooth speakers, but most people listen on headphones. Yeah. Or a Google Home. The most used speaker these days is a Google Home. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is... So, So, like, like, the stereo image just isn't as important. That's... Yeah, that's the point. So, like... Yeah, so, like, around the time 8-Track came out, people were just, you know, a whole bunch of modern things came along, and exactly what Austin said. People started caring more about the audio quality being good and eventually it kept building up and up even in the Walkman era you know people were still like wanting their Walkman to sound good they didn't want it that's another big misconception I've talked about this before cassette actually sounds really good if you know what you're doing with it like people wanted their stuff to sound good and then the you know the come around now and it's like I hate to sound like a boomer because I'm from the same generation and I get it I understand why people are saying it. It's just weird to me. There's no more need for that. People don't want to just listen. People want to listen. You know, it's sort of gone back to that whole idea of the 60s, you know, where back then they were trying to crank up the mid frequencies to get over the noise of a restaurant. Now they're trying to crank up the bass so that someone in their truck can have the bass making the, you know, making the winch and making the mirrors vibrate. Yeah. Like it's sort of gone back to that whole idea. And obviously, I'm not saying that modern mixes are crappy. They're not. Most songs I hear have pretty good mixes. It's just, I think that there needs to be more, you know, like the only real place I can think of where hi-fi is still a huge thing is got to be Japan. Japan's still huge in the hi-fi. Like, I've seen videos and stuff where guys will literally get their own power lines made. So that they can have it directly running into like their amp and their speakers and stuff. Yeah, I've seen that too. Because that's a huge high. I mean, there's a reason why whenever you're buying a vinyl record, you can either get the regular American or worldwide release or you can get the Japanese release that's probably better. Hmm. You know, you can always tell, by the way, because they have the little band on on it that is in Japanese. And you you don't really see people caring about hi-fis anymore. It's not sad to me. I understand why. Like I said, I don't really care because I still enjoy having a high, you know, trying to get a hi-fi, getting a good sound. But like, it's just strange to me because like I said, the only real reason people care about 
good sound anymore is when it's in their car. And that's not even mainly for them. That's more to impress people. Or at least in my area, it's more to impress people. To impress people that they have a Bluetooth? <laughs> no, that they have well, the yeah. speakers. Yeah, they have but, an amp that's so yeah. loud and so bassy that you can hear it from oh, five blocks down. Yeah, my, da- my dad used to do that. He would have like an amp on, in, like, in the back of his truck. Like not even in like, the trunk part, like the back seat since it was a truck. You hear boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's how it is in my school because I, I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I'm sure I probably said this before, but I live in like South Carolina. So like you have all the little bubbas going up and down the road. I mean like, dang, I'm saying, look at me. I got a dang, I'm 12 watt amp. You want to hear this, baby? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear that this rap music coming. I was like, boom, 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 boom. I love, I love that like little, like, like, like really small and like tinny, like, boom, boom. <laughs> just like all at once. Boom, boom, boom. Like, dude, True. it's just so loud. Like, there was one guy at my school who he had his that was so loud and so just bassy that you it literally made the windows rattle in one of our classrooms. That's funny. Like, and the thing that's the thing is is like they all and and the, like people in my school don't even know that there's a non sub version of a woofer. Like they think there's no wo- like there's all only subwoofers. There's no woofer. And I'm like, no, that's what the big speaker is called, buddy. It's called a woofer. <laughs> not all of them are subwoofers. All true. Well, I'm not sure how we got there from uh, talking about three or uh, uh, surround VR sound mixing. Mix. Yeah. But we did. Such has been another good episode of Extra Reverb. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Say goodbye. Saranara. Bye. For now, Saranara. <laughs> <laughs>